Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeist, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hey guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. I would like to start this week's episode off by, uh, for one thing, apologizing for the episode last week. Apparently the EVP sound files that I had were way too loud. And uh, a couple folks let me know about that. I'd like to especially thank Josh, who's one of our listeners out there. He was the first one to alert me as to the sound level on the sound files, which I probably should have caught in editing, but for whatever reason, I didn't, or either it didn't save properly. But at any rate, I've gone in and re-edited that episode to turn the sound on those down a little bit. So if you started to listen to those and just couldn't get through it because the sound was so loud, go ahead and have another listen. They should be a little bit better. It is the middle of February, which means Valentine's Day is next week. So hope you guys are all getting ready for that. And my buddies down in North Carolina are telling me that it's in the 70s down there, which kind of depresses me a little bit up here in Cleveland, but the snow is starting to melt a little bit, which means that spring is around the corner and that I get to start tapping maple trees to make maple syrup, so I have that to look forward to. At any rate, guys, let's go ahead and jump into our stories this week. I have uh, quite a few uh, good ones from our listeners. Thank you guys for sending those in. Uh, They all seem to have a common theme to them this week, and that is that there seems to be a negative presence or entity that these folks are dealing with. So kind of wanted to lump those together into one show. And so without any further ado, let's get going and get to those stories. Our first story this week comes from Rudy, and she has given it the title Haunted Okinawa Apartment. Okay, Rudy, let's see what you got for us. Several years ago, my husband was stationed in Okinawa. While there, you're required to live off base until housing on base becomes available. We were lucky enough to find a large two-bedroom apartment that was on the third floor, just outside of Gate 5. Only Americans lived in the complex, which we thought was strange at the time. We later found out that Okinawans won't live in a place that is either haunted or is thought to be, but I really don't know if that's why they didn't live there or not. Nothing weird happened for about the first two months. Then. One night I was washing up the dishes from dinner and while I was rinsing the silverware I had accidentally put the steak knives in the drainer with the blades facing up. While I was rinsing the plates and putting them in the draining rack I scraped my arm on the blades of the knives. I turned them over so all the blades were down and went back to washing dishes. My husband came in and was talking to me for a few moments and when I got through rinsing some dishes and was in the process of putting them in the rack I discovered that all the knives were turned over once again with the blades up. This shocked me. I asked my husband if he had turned them over while he was talking to me and he said that he hadn't. The next thing that happened was around Christmas. My husband was sitting at the desk working on the computer when all of a sudden he gasped, jerked his glasses off and slid his chair back at the same time. My son and I asked him what was the matter and he said that something had poked him in the forehead just above his left eyebrow. 
After he calmed down a bit, he decided that maybe it was a muscle spasm and he went back to work on the computer. About ten or so minutes later, my son, who was sitting in the front room, yelled, Mom, there's smoke coming out of the bathroom and it's going up the hall. By the time I got there, it had disappeared. I asked him what it had looked like because nothing was on fire and we couldn't smell anything burning. And he said it looked like a gray smoke or mist that floated up the hallway towards the front door and then vanished. Then things would turn up missing. You know, you would tear the house up looking for them and then you would find them in plain sight. And I would always see these dark, darting shadows from the corner of my eyes. At first I thought that it was someone passing by the front window, but as time went on I noticed that there was never anyone there. And you could always feel a cool breeze sweep across the floor. No one else ever said anything about it, though. It just seemed to happen to me. One afternoon, I was at the sink filling ice trays, and that same cold breeze blew just at the right side of my face. It blew the hair on that side, and it actually felt like someone was touching me. Now, I know what people think, and no, I didn't have any windows open, no fans were going, and the air conditioner was not on, since it was still early spring. It simply came out of nowhere, and I could never figure out any explanation for it. About that time, in early April, our neighbors upstairs moved on to base. Their apartment stayed empty for about three weeks, and during that time, you could still hear footsteps. They would sound heavy like adults, or run around like a child. You could hear furniture being dragged across the floor, rapping, tappings, and bangings. I thought maybe someone must have moved in and went upstairs to meet the new family, only to find that the apartment was still empty. During the last of May, we were getting ready to move on to base and the activity actually increased. I was taking a nap and my son came in and woke me up. He was a little scared and told me he saw a ghost. So I got up and he showed me where he saw it. There's a small hallway that leads to the bathroom and on one side is a small Japanese washer and on the other side is a sink with a large mirror. He was trying to pull out a loose tooth and being 11, he had climbed up on the sink to see better. While he was wiggling his tooth, he happened to look up and in the mirror he could see a grayish thing watching him. It was peeking from the right side of the washer. He said it was kind of wrinkled and had black holes where its eyes were and a slit for a mouth and looked kind of like a skull would look. He said it startled him and when he turned to look at it, it vanished. He thought he was just seeing something and blew it off and went back to wiggling his tooth. He looked up in the mirror again and there it was, only this time it was peeking from the left side of the washer and again it vanished when he turned to look at him. That's when he came and got me. It wouldn't show itself to me. The next day my son and I were playing a computer game and we heard this crash come from my bedroom. We got up to see what it was and my lamp had been knocked off somehow onto the floor. Now, there is no way that it could have just fallen on its own. It's heavy, about 15 or 20 pounds. We cleaned up the mess, and when my husband came home from work, I told him what had happened. Later that night, I got dressed for bed, and I decided to look at my coin collection. I have a big collection that includes three mercury head dimes. I got out my magnifying glass and was digging through my collection, looking for a certain mercury dime. It wasn't there. I found the other two, but I couldn't find the one I was looking for. So I tore up my bedroom looking for it and went through my nightstand, drawers, and even under the bed, but I couldn't find it. 
I finally gave up and put the coins away and went to sleep. In the morning, when I woke up, guess what? It was laying on my nightstand right beside my head. Now, I know for a fact there was nothing on there when I went to bed, because the lamp had fallen off earlier that day and there was nothing left on the stand. The last thing that happened was when we had moved everything out of the apartment and all that was left was the government furniture that they were going to pick up the next day. We were cleaning the furniture as well as the apartment. My husband was in the bedroom and I was in the hallway with the washer cleaning the sink. My husband had the only roll of paper towels that we had left with him. I asked him if he had any more and he said yes, that they were on the dresser. I went to go get them and I couldn't find them. We looked in the bedroom, front room, and the kitchen. He was getting frustrated because he couldn't find them either. After a while, we gave up and went to bed. In the morning when we got up, my son was already up and he was eating a Pop-Tart wrapped in a paper towel. My husband asked him where he got the towel from and he said they were laying by the phone. And sure enough, there they were, in plain sight. One last note. Ever since we moved into the apartment, there was a bad smell every once in a while. It was like rotten eggs or sulfur. It wasn't there all the time, but it would just come and go. If it's connected to the hauntings, who knows? By itself, it wasn't scary, just kind of weird. Wow, Rudy, that is a really cool story. Thank you for sharing that with us. I would also like to thank your husband for his service to our country and also to you guys for supporting him in that. Uh, as a Marine, I am fascinated with Okinawa, the area, and the history and the culture around there. And, it, you know, Okinawa has a long, rich tradition of ghost stories and haunting activity that is very unique to that area. So kind of neat to get a story for that involves that area. I would like to look at a couple things in your story, one of which is the objects that disappear and then turn up in uh, weird places. That is almost a trope these days in uh, haunting stories. And it's kind of neat because I've experienced that multiple times in multiple locations myself. So kind of uh, neat to see a kindred spirit out there that is experiencing that kind of thing. The one thing that disturbs me in your story is the sulfur smell, which kind of sounds innocuous, but it is usually a sign of negative entities. If you are ever in a place that has haunting activity and you smell sulfur, you smell something that smells like rotten eggs, things like that, first thing you want to do is check to make sure that there's not a gas leak because in all honesty, that is how they flavor gas. Gas by itself, natural gas, doesn't have a smell to it. So what the gas companies do is they will add a sulfur smell to it. So if you're in a location and you smell sulfur, the first thing you want to do is check to make sure there's not a gas leak. If there is no gas leak, the next thing you want to do is check to make sure you don't have a negative entity around because that is one of the biggest signs of a negative entity. And the gray mist and things like that, they all are they're kind of standard haunting ghost activity things, but the sulfur smell is definitely unique. But at any rate, I'm definitely glad that you sent your story to us. Thanks a lot for sharing. Our next story comes from Sarah, and she has entitled it, The Lady in the Chair. Okay, Sarah, let's see what you got for us. Several years ago, my kids and I lived in a small three-bedroom house in a place called Jenny's Creek. From the first night there, I knew there was something not right about this place. Even some friends that are entirely not sensitive to the paranormal agreed that something wasn't right. 
I'd see things and hear things at all hours of the day and night. The kids, then five and six, would see and hear things also. This particular story takes place at night, following an extremely active day for paranormal activity. That day I was getting ready for Christmas as I had a day off work and the kids were in school. From the early morning, things had been thrown off counters and walls. There were thumps and footsteps. I even got pushed once coming down the hall, albeit not hard enough to hurt me. Now these kind of things happened all the time, so I had actually gotten kind of used to it, but something completely different was still in store for me. That night, I had locked up the house, got the kids into the bath, and then to bed and read them a story before turning out the lights. I was rather tired myself, and so I turned in a little while later. Now in the hall, there was this green chair. It was kind of a regal old chair with old-fashioned legs ending in claw feet. The color was emerald, striped with alternating shiny and dull cloth. The chair was in the house when we got there, and I thought it was interesting, so I kept it. After turning a small light light on in the hall, I checked in on the kids one last time and then went to bed with a good book. After only a few minutes, I started hearing thumps and so on. As I mentioned, this had been happening all day and didn't really bother me that much. After a while though, I started hearing actual voices. Now, this was much different than what I was used to and it bothered me a bit. I listened for a little while and could hear laughing very quietly. I went to my bedroom door and looked down the hall and saw someone sitting in the green chair, just as plain as if it had been you or me. Now, to give you a better picture, the hallway was laid out like this. Coming from the living room, on the right was the chair, facing the opposite wall, and then on the left was my son's room, then the bathroom on the right, my bedroom again on the right, and then my daughter's room at the very rear of the hall. As I looked out, I looked to my left to see the chair, and the lady sitting in it. At my gasp of surprise, she turned to look at me and had this grin on her face. Jeez, that grin was almost my undoing. It was so evil. She looked at me and grinned and looked directly into my son's room. That chilled my spine. I immediately went into his room, even though I had to go within two or three feet of that woman, and I lifted my son into my arms and took him into my room and laid him on the bed. I came back out to get my daughter and looked back at the chair and she was still there, still grinning, only bigger and wider this time. I could actually see her teeth, half rotted in her mouth. Hating the thought of turning my back on her, I went into my daughter's room and lifted her into my arms and when I came back with her to my door, the woman was still there, never having taken her eyes off my daughter's bedroom door. I realized I was crying actually sobbing, and when I looked back at her, she looked like she was laughing, though I couldn't hear it. I didn't even realize I was going to talk until I actually heard myself saying, you cannot have my babies. At this, she stopped grinning, but she never took her eyes off me. I stared her down for a few seconds and repeated what I said, and then I went to my room, shut the door, and put my daughter in the bed beside my son. Then I dropped to my knees and prayed. All night I could hear the laughing and moving around in the hallway. I wanted to leave there so badly, but I'd have to go past that woman to get out, and I was so scared. I didn't close my eyes all night. The next morning the lady was gone, and I started looking for another home. 
It took me about a month to find one, and until we moved, we actually slept in the living room from then on, so that if it happened again, I could just get the kids and leave. I did see her once or twice after that, but only briefly, but I felt her presence many times. Oh my lord, Sarah, that was an absolutely terrifying story. I cannot imagine what I would have done in your position had I seen what you saw. The fact that there was actually what seemed like a physical person sitting there means only one of two things. Either there was an actual person there, some crazy old lady got into your house and was just sitting there maniacally in a chair grinning at you and staring down the hallway, which would be bizarre in its own right, but then would be very strange that you would see her a couple of other times later on, or that you have some kind of entity, whether negative, which is the thought I have, or some other entity that is obviously malevolent that was disturbing you. And at any rate, I'm glad that you got your kids out of that situation and that you got them to safety. That would obviously be everybody's first priority in there. I just don't know that most people would have handled it quite as calmly or as uh, quickly as you did. Kudos to you for that. And thank you very much for sharing your story with us. Our last story this evening comes from Dave, and he has given it the title, Frightening Happenings in the Basement. Okay, Dave, let's hear your story. I've always believed in ghosts, but never thought that my house was haunted. But one night I had a vivid dream that took place in my house. I dreamed I was another person running from something. The furniture in my dream was different and looked older than the furniture that was in my house at the time. I woke up and for some reason, I was really terrified. Shortly after that, I would hear things like footsteps, doors opening and closing, and occasionally heavy breathing at night. It always took place around two in the morning. Eventually, I started going to bed earlier, just so that I would be asleep at the time so I wouldn't have to hear it. But on the occasional nights where I would be awake, I would hear those noises constantly. Once my mom's boyfriend moved in, however, all the strange noises stopped. I volunteered to let him have my room, even though that meant I had to sleep in the basement. I moved all of my things down there. Once he moved out, I was comfortable enough down there and decided to stay. Shortly after he left, though, I started hearing those noises again. This time, they were louder and distinctly closer to me than they were when I slept upstairs. Once, I'd even heard what sounded like someone stomping on the stairs going down into my room, but when I looked, nothing was there. For a while, it was only noises, but eventually it started to turn a bit more frightening. There are two rooms to my basement, one being the room I sleep in, and the other is a storage room, which was always locked. Sometimes, however, the door to the storage room would be unlocked and open. At first, I thought it was just my mom or my sister going to get something, but the few times I've asked them about it, they say that they didn't go in. Also, there have been times when my new personal heater would not shut off, no matter how hot it got, until I would get up and turn on the lights, at which point it would mysteriously turn off. Once, I was investigating the noise that sounded from my bed like heavy breathing. I saw someone standing in the corner. It was a shadowy silhouette of a tall man. I first thought it was an intruder, so I turned to get a weapon, and when I looked up, he was gone. It was a little past two. My room was not big, and there's nowhere to go except for up the stairs or into the storage room, 
I was only turned away for two seconds at the most. I did not hear anyone run up the stairs, nor did I hear the storage door open, which I would have noticed since it's very noisy, takes a lot of force to open, and was across the room from the shadow. Another time I had a friend spend the night. Not wanting to scare him, I didn't tell him about the noises or what I had seen. I fell asleep before he did, around midnight. The next morning he told me that around two he thought he heard someone whistling. He looked to see if it was me, but it wasn't. He said that he looked up and saw a dark, tall silhouette standing in the corner. He said that he tried to wake me up, but I wouldn't move. When he looked back, the shadow was gone. One night, I came home from my neighbors around two in the morning. I was not tired because I had taken a long nap that day. Walking up to the house, I felt like something just wasn't right. Just to be sure, I looked around and everything seemed normal. I went in and laid down on my bed and I heard footsteps coming towards my room. It sounded like it stopped right at the top of the stairs. I figured it was just my mom making sure I was home and so I rolled over and attempted to go to sleep. A moment later, I heard heavy footsteps coming down the stairs. I turned over to look, but nothing was there. I got spooked, but after a while nothing happened, so once again I tried to go to sleep. After a few minutes, I heard something walking towards me. It stepped on a few pieces of paper. I looked over, and the paper was moving like someone had stepped on it and then stepped off. Only no one was there. I had my heater on, but at that moment it got very cold, and all of a sudden I got very sleepy. I laid down on my bed, and right when I was about to go to sleep, I felt something pressing on my throat. At that moment, I got up, but instead of leaving my room, I would, for some reason, want to go back to sleep. The same thing would happen each time. I was just about to go to sleep, but each time it would get more and more intense. When it started getting too intense, my body involuntarily started flailing around, like it was struggling. As my body was struggling, it felt like something was trying to hold me down. Each time it would stop, I would start to get sleepy and fall back into my bed, but my body would start moving around like it was not only fighting the sleep, but fighting whatever was holding me down. At first, I had no control over my body. It felt like I was on a roller coaster and my body was the machine. It felt like I was just going along with it. When I thought of that, I tried to scream, but my screams came out muffled. I tried to get up and run away, but I would get pushed back down. I tried to grab my phone, but my phone somehow got thrown across the room by whatever force was keeping me from getting help. At one point, the force got very powerful all of a sudden. I remembered seeing my arm in front of me while I was sitting up and that was the last thing I saw. I was moving. I felt my head moving. I felt my body moving. But the only thing that I could see was that moment where my hand was in front of me while I was trying to sit up. I'm not sure if I blacked out or what. The next thing I saw was my ceiling. After a few moments I realized that I was lying half off the bed. I felt myself convulsing and could not move or stop it from happening. I don't have seizures or any history of medical conditions, but that was the closest thing that I could compare it to. The next thing I remember was waking up a few hours later and going to work. I was back in my bed the way I usually sleep and I could remember what happened. Just to make sure it wasn't a dream, I looked next to me for my phone where I always keep it no matter what, but it was across the room. 
I don't know what happened. Ever since, I've slept in my house only three or four times. I will only go into the basement if I really need to, or if somebody's with me. When I told this story to a friend, he got scared and he said he thinks I got possessed. Everyone else just thought I was crazy. Wow, Dave, that is an absolutely incredible story. Thank you for sharing that with us. I would like to start off by saying that I do not think that you're crazy. I have experienced enough and dealt with enough people who have been in similar situations as you found yourself in and had similar circumstances, had similar things happen to them. So, no, I don't think that you're crazy. I think that you actually experienced something. I think your buddy might be onto something, not necessarily with you being possessed, but that definitely was a negative attack of some sort. Almost every single marker that we would see for a negative attack, the shadows, the sudden coldness in a room, the choking especially, that is definitely something that we see a lot whenever we get physical attacks from negative beings. So very glad that you came through that all right. It seems like you are understandably trepidatious to go down into the basement, and I cannot blame you for that. But what I would do is I would definitely... Try to see if you can find someone who can give you some help in your area and maybe do either an investigation in the home or maybe just deal with you personally and make sure that there is nothing that is attached to you. That would be my one piece of advice. Other than that, uh, it seems like you came through it all right, and I would again like to thank you for sharing your story with us. That is very cool. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. I would like to thank Dave and Sarah and Rudy for sharing your stories with us. You guys are absolute rock stars. And if you would like to be a rock star and share your story with us and have us read it on one of our future broadcasts, just email it to us at trueparanormalpodcast at gmail.com. That's trueparanormalpodcast at gmail.com. Or go to our Facebook page and hit that like button and let us know that you're out there. And when you're there, you'll see a little message me button or an email button. And in either case, we will get the message and we will be glad to share your story on the air of one of our future shows. Alternately, if you listen to us on iTunes, if you would give us a rating and a review, that way we know that you guys are listening to us there. We got a lot of platforms out there and we're trying to figure out which one works best for us, but We're going to share out as many as we can, just to make it easier for you guys. In the meantime, this is Leo Rizzuti thanking you for joining us this week and every week. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast.